Welcome to It's Your Community with Vanessa Denha, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to It's Your Community. I'm Vanessa Denha Garmo here with Epiphany Communications and Coaching. And often, well, pretty much the whole premise of the show is connecting, communicating, and collaborating with the community. And so we brought two guests on here on It's Your Community to talk about how they collaborate with each other. Jerry Brisson is with us, Gleaners President and CEO, and Ryan Hertz, Lighthouse CEO. They're both with us here on It's Your Community. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us this morning. It's great, great to just, be Yep. You know what? It's so hard not to just talk over each other right at the beginning, but uh, <laughs> you know, we're a couple excited guys, so we do it all the time. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ryan. You want to try in, chime in, Ryan? I'm just happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Okay. So, well, you know, it's, we'll try not to talk over each other, but it's okay. It happens. You know, it's fun radio. So, you know, this is very much about collaborating, communicating, connecting with us as others. And so I want each of you to give a brief background about your respective organization. So Jerry, why don't you tell us about Gleaners and its history first? Yeah, so Gleaners has been around since the late 70s. We were one of the first food banks in the country um, and the first food bank in Michigan. Now, you know, the the just to put some context of that, our job is primarily to make sure that the, the people out there distributing food have the food they need. We resource food, we, we source funds, and then we go get food, and then we run all the warehouse and logistics operations to bring that in, put it in inventory, give people food they can pick, and then get it out to people in the least expensive, most efficient way possible. Uh, but of course, we have nutrition education and other things that we do on top of that. Uh, but primarily, we're known as the, the food logistics and distribution hub for the community of people that serve food. And right now, that's over 600 partners that we work with in five counties, Wayne, Oakland, Macomb, uh, Livingston, and Monroe counties. And, uh, and of course, today, we're talking about Oakland County, which we merged with the Food Bank of Oakland County in 2005. And uh, since then, Gleaners has been responsible for... Um, for all of the food distribution in Oakland County. And I wanna say the facility that we're sharing now with Lighthouse is that facility that used to be the Food Bank of Oakland County. So that, wow. that building there has done uh, some yeoman's work for the community for a lot of years, actually starting with the Food Bank of Oakland County. Wow, that's amazing. So that leads right into Ryan's background on the Lighthouse of Oakland County. Ryan, tell us about the background of Lighthouse. Sure thing. Um, so Lighthouse Michigan is actually the result of a merger between two social service organizations, uh, Lighthouse of Oakland County that was founded in the early 70s, uh, and South Oakland Shelter that was founded in the mid 80s. Um, both organizations were founded to respond to emergency needs in the community. Uh, Lighthouse of Oakland County started as a food pantry out of the back of a Catholic church in Pontiac. South Oakland Shelter was founded by the faith community in Southern Oakland County to provide emergency shelter to people experiencing homelessness in, in Southern Oakland County. And both organizations uh, over a period of decades uh, built a, a, a continuum of services surrounding those emergency needs to try to help uh, move families from the crisis that brought them to our door uh, to someplace more stable for the long term. Um, for Lighthouse, that meant uh, developing uh, transitional housing programs for single mothers escaping homelessness, um, creating a community development arm and, and developing affordable housing. Uh, for South Oakland Shelter, that meant preventing homelessness so people didn't come in the door to the shelter. 
Uh, it meant rehousing people and providing uh, supportive housing and permanent supportive housing, as well as developing affordable housing uh, for folks uh, who'd experienced housing insecurity. So both organizations came together in 2019. Uh, you know, less than a year after that, we faced uh, the uh, COVID-19 pandemic and an area of our work, which is predominantly that, that food distribution work that Jerry spoke to, uh, went from being uh, maybe a piece of the puzzle uh, to being one of the primary areas of need that we were uh, focused on for a period of time. Uh, and that's sort of what drove us um, to deepen our partnership with Gleaners. So let's talk about COVID-19. How are things for each of you moving past COVID-19? I'll start with you, Jerry. How are things at uh, Gleaners as we're two years into this? Yeah, so past COVID-19, well, maybe not, but but I would say that we are um, experiencing what often happens after a crisis, and, and that is during the crisis, there's a huge outpouring of community support and government help and lots of other things, and, and certainly the COVID pandemic was some of the most support we'd ever seen in the history of food banking. We hit a record food distribution of over 71 million pounds of food in the 12 month wow. period where the pandemic wow. was the highest. And I mean, to, to compare that to a normal 40 million ish pounds of food uh, for gleaners, uh, you know, you're, you're talking about a significant increase in output and it was needed. People were out of work, people had to stay home. There was a lot of uncertainty. And so it was really, really important. But now, uh, for example, the USDA at, at the peak of the pandemic was giving about 2 million to 3 million pounds of food a month to the food bank. Now it's 300,000 pounds of food a month. So that's a huge decrease in government support, but the need in the community is still pretty high. There's still a lot of uncertainty. There's still a lot of people who have not yet gone back to the office. There's still people getting sick and having to quarantine. You know, there's still kids not able to go to school and families not able to find childcare for their kids who can't go to school because they've been exposed. I mean, there are still a lot of rules about COVID for good reasons. I, you know, I'm not debating that. But the problem is, you know, the, the support to do the work to make sure that, that kids and families can thrive has dropped like a stone. And mm. so we're actually at a pretty significant food shortage right now where we're, we're really concerned about the amount of need in the community and the relative lack of support that exists right now. You know, on that note, Jerry, is there a direct relation to, between food supply and inflation and the food that you get? Because the grocery stores are suffering getting products in. And usually, don't you work with the grocery stores to get some of your food donations? Oh, yeah. Everyone in the food supply chain, from the growers all the way through to the grocery stores, right? And everything in between. But yeah, there's food supply chain disruptions. But but I want to say the important thing to understand about that is that there's always substitutions, right? So you might go to the grocery store and say, I'm really interested in getting, let's just say, green beans. And when you get there, there's no green beans, but there's broccoli and there's cauliflower and there's other things that you can substitute for that thing which you can't get right now. So when you talk about food supply chain disruptions, that's what it looks like in this country, right? It's not like you go to the grocery store and there's no food. You go to the grocery store and maybe what you wanted isn't there, but there's something there that you can use instead. And that's true for food banks as well. Now, food is more expensive. And so, yes, part of the reason we're getting less food from the government is because they have to spend more. But again, when you think about how programs are designed and how they should be designed, 
that's a little upside down because if the government can't buy the food, how can people buy the food? Yeah, right? exactly. I mean, the, the bottom line yeah. is the government should be able to find a way to fix it at times like this. They are certainly aware of inflation and what it means. And there is food out there. It's just a matter of aligning the systems and the programs to meet the current state. Yeah, hopefully the government is working on that. And how about you, Ryan, moving, you know, past as much as we can past COVID? We know we're still dealing with it, but we're not in the height of a pandemic anymore. Sure. Um, so I, I'll, echo, I'll echo Jerry and say two things. Um, one, in addition to the ongoing continued need, um, we weren't, uh, as a community, I don't mean Lighthouse, we as a community weren't meeting the extent of need prior to COVID, right? Okay, so when, okay. when, when COVID happened, um, you know, to Jerry's point, we saw an influx of support like we've never seen before. Typically what happens is when there's the highest level of a need, there's also uh, the least amount of supports to support that need, right? So when you see, you know, economic challenges, uh, donors are struggling. And, and so you see less, right? If food's more expensive and the government's providing less as a result of that, um, it's happening during a time where the people who uh, need that assistance most need that assistance when food is most expensive to them. COVID was sort of a, a um, an exception to that. Uh, I think that a lot of people uh, who were home from work early on in the pandemic um, wanted to do something. They felt powerless and they wanted to do something. And we saw a big influx of volunteers, a big influx of people donating food, a big influx of, of, of contributions. And that has ebbed. And I, I think both on the private side and on the public side, and to Jerry's point, the need has not, um, the need hadn't <laughs> prior to COVID as well. And, and we, you know, Gleaners is, is, is a sort of specialist in the food area. We, we see Lighthouse as sort of generalists in, in, in the poverty area. So we also do um, eviction prevention work. We had significant amount of support. Uh, over the last two years uh, through a program called the COVID Emergency Rental Assistance Program to stop evictions. Uh, the portal for, that, portal for that closed at the end of June. We aren't seeing a reduction in the need uh, for those resources. And unfortunately, um, in the food space, in the housing space, and all the basic need spaces, I think all of the organizations like ours uh, are going to be facing some significant challenges in the coming months. Mm. And so let's talk about collaboration because when you do feel face challenges, often what helps offset that is collaborating with other people and other organizations. And we're big proponents here in it's your community on connecting, communicating and collaborating with others in the community. And so let's talk about how the two of you are maximizing resources to maintain your services and working together. We'll start with you, Jerry. So, um, <laughs> Making long story short, that's the key, right? Uh, so Gleaners um, has been in our headquarters building since the very beginning. And, and when we got this building, it was designed um, to, to distribute about 2 million pounds of food. And then we had a couple additions, which pushed it out so that we could distribute 20, 25 million pounds of food. And then uh, you know, the utility of food banking continued to be proven out to be a really good thing. We rented a facility from the Salvation Army in Warren. We, we merged with the Food Bank of Oakland County, and, and we were maxing out at about 50 million pounds of food. The problem was it was in six different locations throughout our community. So when you look at efficiency and costs and everything like that, we knew we were going to have to make some changes, and we were planning on doing that. Then the pandemic hit, and the need was for us to get over 70 million pounds of food out. 
fortunately, we were able to find a facility in uh, Western Wayne County in Taylor that, that was the Dairy Fresh headquarters that would fit the bill perfectly for gleaners moving forward. And I mean, that's really a generational piece of work. So having that capacity, we could consolidate and become more efficient and still serve all of the partners that need us in the five counties that we serve. And so as we started down that process, we were also aware that Lighthouse was growing dramatically uh, to meet lots of different needs. But one of the areas that we partnered with very closely was a senior program where they were distributing food to, to, um, to seniors directly uh, in Oakland County. And, uh, and we knew that they were looking for maybe some space. And as we were looking at our new situation and heard about their situation, we said, you know what, let's talk about some of the space we have in Oakland County. We needed it for a lot of years, but now our situation has changed and we could probably figure out a way to continue to do partner distributions, uh, but, but give them use of that space. And that was really fortuitous for the community. I mean, it works for gleaners, but, but more importantly, you know, it's, it's using all of our resources to the best ends for the community. That's the goal. And, and what would you say to, to that at Lighthouse? Uh, well, Ryan. I, I, will double down on, I will double down down on that and say, so at the beginning of the pandemic, even before we started talking about space, um, you know, our relationship with gleaners, um, you know, we went from serving just for a sense of scale. We went at Lighthouse from uh, serving between two and 300 households a week uh, with emergency groceries to around 5,000 a week, around 30,000 a year in uh, providing um, now you know, pre-sorted uh, boxes of groceries to feed, you know, feed a full family throughout that week. So they, especially early on in the pandemic where, where we didn't want folks to have to um, go and, and do a lot of errands and potentially expose themselves and, 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 their, and their children, et cetera. Um, when, um, you know, when, when we're talking about some of the most vulnerable folks that we serve. And so we, we both wanted to make sure people were getting everything they needed in one stop. And we wanted to make sure that some of the folks who didn't have access to transportation were able to get access to that food. So we put together a whole um, app to help our volunteers uh, do home delivery and identify folks close by and on routes to, 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 to make that efficient. And it was only because of our partnership with Gleaners that we were able to uh, increase the amount of food, the vast majority of the food that we distributed. There were other partnerships certainly involved. Um, we also partnered uh, with Carnival Market and, and, and Pontiac to do um, you know, uh, uh, food for the Hispanic community that was uh, um, you know, appropriate, culturally appropriate uh, to, to shift our food boxes for certain you know, key populations. But the vast majority of the ingredients that we were distributing uh, were being sourced through Gleaners, either through you know, Gleaners, um, ability to access that food for free or deeply discounted so that our donors were getting the best bang for their buck. And we were encouraging our donors, you know, don't go out and buy food and bring it to us. If you give us cash, we can buy that food deeply discounted through our partner, through Gleaners, and we can help a lot more people with a lot more food. So I'll start there. And then I'll say we had some wonderful partnerships throughout the pandemic around space because, you know, providing through a pantry you know, a few hundred households a week looks a lot different than sorting and preparing boxes for thousands of households a week. And we had Oakland University step up early on and provide the student center at OU uh, and just donate that space to us uh, for the first several months of the pandemic. And when school was going back into session uh, in the fall, uh, we started renting some space out of Summit Place Mall. And it wasn't sustainable. It wasn't ideal for us for the long term, but it worked for a period of time. 
And when Jerry and I got together and he, and he offered up this potential opportunity to talk about, about this space in Pontiac, um, it just made sense. And, and we're just really grateful for that partnership, but also for the continued partnership around access to food. Again, we're, we're generalists. We're not specialists. We don't source the food. We're, we're, we're kind of a point of contact for folks. A lot of the folks that we're delivering food to are also our housing clients, are also our Centers for Working Families clients and all the other programs that we provide. And it's our part, it's, you know, two partnerships like Leaners that we're able to do that. So um, we're, we're incredibly grateful. We're talking with Jerry Brisson here, serving as president and CEO of Gleaners Community Food Bank of Southeast Michigan since 2014, a strong advocate for the community's most vulnerable residents. He has dedicated more than 35 years of his professional life to improving food security. And he's joined with Ryan Hertz, serves as CEO of Lighthouse, where he leads a team dedicated to meeting the critical and escalating emergency and longer term needs of the working poor, homeless, and otherwise impoverished members of our community in Southeast Michigan. They're both here with us on It's Your Community. And for, you know, in addition to collaborating with each other, uh, Jerry and Ryan, I'll start with you, Jerry. How would you like to see the community at large working with you, the people listening who may have organizations or maybe want to volunteer, you know, how would you like to see them work with your organization? Well, of course, there's a lot of people working with us now. And so the first thing I always want to do is thank the, the volunteers and the donors and the so many people that support this work. And, and, uh, and it, it means the world to us. We couldn't possibly get this all done if it weren't for that support. So I would say in Pontiac in particular, you know, I think that, um, that these um, kinds of collaborations are a really, really good thing. And, and to continue to, to pr provide volunteers to Lighthouse in the Pontiac location would be hugely helpful. I mean, our concern um, is that the community be served well. And we are so, and I, and I do want to give a real shout out to Ryan and his leadership team for the work that they did, not only during the pandemic, but as they've continued to make adjustments, we've been happy and, and delighted to work alongside of them to make sure the community is served better than it ever has been. And so what can people do? You know, it's a really critical time right now. If you haven't given in a while, it's a good time to give. Um, to either Lighthouse or Gleaners. You can Google either of us and find our websites and that's a great way to do it. But, but I would just say, continue to give. Right now, the community needs, needs support and it's not so much for the space and the logistics. It's really to meet the needs of the people out there who are, who are seeking food help at a pretty high rate right now. Mm -hmm. How about you, Ryan? Um, similarly, uh, we're always in need of volunteers. Um, of course, contributions help. Uh, supporting either organization really helps um, because at the end of the day, um, you know, the funds are going to the the same the same needs um, and, and the same the same uh, you know same universe of expenses. Um, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll sort of repeat what I said earlier, which is that um, cash goes further than item donations, as much as we do appreciate item donations, um, because of our relationship with Gleaners, uh, we are able to access a lot more uh, food for the dollar uh, than, uh, than our donors are individually. Um, so to the degree that food hasn't already been purchased, we, we, we um, encourage folks uh, to join us in taking advantage of that, of that relationship uh, on behalf of the people that we serve. Um, as I mentioned, volunteers are needed, but across the board, they're needed. We used to, you know, prior to the pandemic, the South Oakland Shelter, the SOS program that was a part of this merger that took place, uh, was essentially a rotating emergency shelter that provided uh, a homeless shelter out of people's congregations. So churches and synagogues and mosques uh, around Southern Oakland County would host 
uh, folks experiencing homelessness uh, in their parishes. Um, and we weren't able to do that uh, sustainably once um, COVID-19 uh, hit our community. And we weren't able to meet the number uh, of folks in need uh, of emergency shelter through that model anyway. So, um, you know, unfortunately, that meant a, a loss of around 8,000 volunteers a year that were providing uh, meals and transportation and everything else right out of their church or synagogue or whatever the case may be. And so, um, you know, we are still looking for support for, for our emergency shelter program. We now do it um, out of uh, a facility that, that we own and operate in, in Pontiac uh, that used to um, serve as a transitional housing building. Um, so we have a family shelter now in Pontiac. We're also providing um, single adults with emergency shelter through a hoteling program, uh, but we still need to provide them with three meals a day and all kinds of other supports like we did um, out of the uh, rotating model. So we're you know, in need of, of, of volunteers uh, for, for our food programs, for our, our shelter programs. Um, and you, know, you can always find out and sign up right online for all those opportunities at lighthousemi.org. And uh, we would love to have you be a part of our response to poverty. You know, we're talking about to both of you, Jerry and Ryan, during the summer months, but does the needs for your organization change throughout the seasons of the year? So I'll, I'll start with um, summertime is one of the highest times of need uh, as far as seasons go because kids are out of school. And so we have been doing a, a pretty all hands on deck effort to reach kids while they're out of school for about 15 years now, um, partnering with, with Citizens Bank. And, uh, and that's been really important because when there's no school, uh, you know, the, all the meals that kids get in school, and there are literally hundreds of thousands of kids that depend on those meals in school. And, uh, and summertime, they just lose access to those meals. So, so this time of year is really, really important. But I would say in addition to times when kids are out of school, as seasons change and people's needs change in their household is another time when extra help is needed. So when winter comes and people have to get ready to pay those higher utility bills for the winter, that is a time of higher need. But I'll, you know, again, when summer comes besides school, you also have air conditioning costs and some other things that cost a little bit more. I would say we talked about inflation a little bit, but um, when there's a big change that affects households, the lower income you are, the longer it takes to respond to that change, right? You have fewer resources overall to use. You have to talk to more people. You have to think about what your budget is. You got, it takes longer to respond to those changes. So anytime you have something like significant double-digit inflation over months, it affects people with lower incomes significantly more and significantly longer. So those are the kinds of things that, that drive higher need. Ryan, how about you? Um, well, it's interesting. So um, obviously, um, there there's, is some seasonality to some of the issues that we, we work on, such as homelessness, where obviously the, the elements impact people who are unsheltered differently at different times of year. This is one of those years where um, the summer, which is a time where people might otherwise uh, um, tend to think there would be some relief, um, the weather has been extreme in the other direction. Um, and certainly in the winter, uh, people who are unsheltered have a higher degree of need. But the reality is, is that um, it's a year round issue, uh, sort of to Jerry's point, you know, a cost may increase or decrease on one side or the other per, for a household at different times a year. Um, but one thing I'll say is that because people tend to think about the issues that we address seasonally, um, we tend to orient our activities around supporting those 
uh, activities seasonally, right? So around um, the holiday season, we really ramp up around um, support around uh, our shelter, support for our shelter program and, 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 uh, and needs that are seasonal. Um, but those resources need to last this year round, if that makes sense. So, um, you know, people need a place to live all the time um, and need to eat all the time. Uh, and so, yes, there's there's ebbs and flows of, of, of different uh, costs and, and considerations that households experience, but the need uh, persists and uh, we try to plan for that the best we can. So we have a couple of minutes left with both of you gentlemen, Jerry Brisson from Gleaners and Ryan Hertz from Lighthouse. What else do you want to leave with our listeners here on It's Your Community before we let you go? You know, I just want to say uh, how grateful we are for the community support, but also how grateful Gleaners is for Lighthouse's support. They're, they're a phenomenally well-run organization. We really appreciate their team. They did win one of the uh, high honors of best managed nonprofits or an honorable mention. I can't remember. You were in the mix, I remember. You were a runner-up, probably. Yeah, right. But, uh, but, but there's a really good reason for that, you know, and I would just say in the midst of, of times when, when things are tough, um, we don't just carry negative weight, right? There's a lot of positive things to be thankful for in our community. And, and I would just say if we keep focusing on the positive uh, we're going to get where we need to be. That's great. How about you, Ryan? Yeah, I'll just say um, this has been not just for our organization, I, I, just in our sector. I'm seeing this has been an extremely challenging time uh, to to be in the social service sector, period. And um, I'm just uh, incredibly grateful for the level of dedication for leaders like Jerry and others that are, are um, hanging in there through uh, some of the from my perspective, uh, by far the most uh, complex and challenging uh, period to to be in this space. Um, and also at a time where the work that we do is needed more than it ever has been. Um, and uh, I'm moved by it because I face those challenges, um, whether it be challenge, resource challenges, as we've spoken about uh, on this call, challenges that our clients face at an increasing pace, challenges in the workforce in the nonprofit sector or more broadly and how that impacts our ability to deliver on, uh, on, on the needs that, that we all face. Um, it's just becoming more and more complex, more and more challenging, and therefore, um, you know, as Jerry said, there's still a lot to be grateful for, to be able to look around, you know, the table and to see other folks uh, remaining steadfast and dedicated. And I feel the same way about our volunteers and donors um, who, you know, we're in a more and more complex world and our donors themselves are facing challenges that they've never seen before. Uh, and the fact that they stick with us, the fact that they still consider the needs of other people in the community is, is moving to me and it keeps me, uh, keeps me going uh, and, and in this work. Jerry Brisson from Gleaners and Ryan Hertz from Lighthouse. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us here on It's Your Community. You know, thank you. It's great to talk with you as always. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, thanks, Jerry. Any questions, comments, show topics you want me to get to, you can easily reach me, Vanessa Denhagarmo at Epiphany Communications and Coaching, or find me on all my social media platforms. People private message me there all the time on LinkedIn. Instagram on uh, Epiphany Communications and Coaching on Facebook or on Twitter, Vanessa Denhagarmo. As always, we remind you to connect, communicate, and to collaborate with your community. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time here on It's Your Community. It's Your Community, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR.